My name is Zach Arnold. I'm a Hollywood film and television editor, a documentary director, father of two, an American Ninja Warrior in training, and the creator of Optimize Yourself. For over 10 years now, I have obsessively searched for every possible way to optimize my own creative and athletic performance, and now I'm here to shorten your learning curve. Whether you're a creative professional who edits, writes, or directs, you're an entrepreneur, or even if you're a weekend warrior, I strongly believe you can be successful without sacrificing your health or your sanity in the process. You ready? Let's design the optimized version of you. Hello and welcome to the Optimize Yourself podcast. If you're a brand new optimizer, I welcome you and I sincerely hope that you enjoy today's conversation. If you are inspired to take action after listening today, why not tell a friend about this show and help spread the love? And if you're a longtime listener and optimizer OG, welcome back. Whether you're brand new or you're a seasoned vet, if you have just 10 seconds today, it would mean the world to me if you clicked the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice because the more people that subscribe, the more that iTunes and the other platforms can recognize this show, and thus the more people that you and I can inspire to step outside their comfort zones to reach their greatest potential. And now on to today's show, which to be honest is going to be a bit of an experiment. As a longtime listener, you already know how much I love to do in-depth interviews on a variety of topics, whether that's allowing everyday people to share their personal and their inspirational journeys, or industry experts and world-renowned authors who share their expertise to help you optimize a specific area of your life. But today, what I want to do instead is give you an insider's glimpse into the world of my optimizer coaching and mentorship program and what we call the hot seat. What you're going to hear today is a recording of an actual live session with an Optimizer student where on the hot seat, we tackle various questions, whether that's about career transitions, productivity, workflows, networking, burnout, habit formation, resumes and websites, and any other number of work-life challenges that students bring to the table as they navigate their own paths toward success. In the following hot seat session, community member Ariel Fujita wants help preparing for a meet and greet phone call that she landed via awesome outreach, by the way, that she's going to have with a color assistant at a big color facility to determine if it would be a good company that she wants to work for. It is always critical to ask the right questions and understand what your key takeaways need to be to make your conversation worthwhile for both parties. Listen in as we discuss a game plan and a strategy so she can get her most important questions answered and possibly even build a new long-term relationship in the process. If you find these sessions valuable, we're going to be sharing Hot Seat Fridays with you every week that are going to be jam-packed with practical, real-world strategies that you can easily apply to your own lifestyle and career to send you off with an action plan for the next Monday ahead. And if after listening to this, you're wishing that you could schedule your own hot seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers, where you're going to find all the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together today. All right, without further ado, here is today's Hot Seat Friday session with Ariel Fujita, made possible today by our amazing sponsors, Evercast and ErgoDriven, who are featured just a bit later in today's episode. And as a quick reminder to subscribe so you don't miss future interviews just like this one, visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast. <laughs> 
So what have you got as your hot seat topic for today? So my hot seat topic, I sent an outreach email this week to a color assistant, Monica, and I asked her for, you know, if I could ask her a question about advice of, you know, making a transition to color assistant, specifically, what is it like going from a really small color house or facility and going on to something bigger? Because I know she's had a background. She worked at a really small commercial house and did some junior colorist coloring in San Francisco and then eventually went to e-film. I just want to know what like the environment is like and maybe challenges that she might have faced making that transition and trying to just move her way up. So she responded, gave me her phone number and told me to like call her anytime after seven. I was just expecting a follow-up email with my one question. So you know me, I'm freaking out and I'm like, I don't want to ask too many questions, but I don't want to not be prepared and have like two questions and the conversation's dead after five minutes. Like, I just want advice on like the balance and like just what to do. Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge the fact that we've gone from, I send out a message, I ask for a question or two, and now I've got their phone number and we're going to have a phone conversation. I love it when that happens. That inevitably seems to happen more often than not, where we make it so simple that they just want to respond and be like, you know what, let's just talk on the phone. Um, So I love that, but it's, again, that reverse psychology of if you said, hey, are you available for a phone conversation? Ooh, hold on a second. You're asking a lot of me. I don't even know you yet. But the reverse psychology making it so simple, um, then they offer it. That's the best case scenario because it demonstrates this person wants to help you and they don't even know you yet. And I'm sure once you start to converse, she's going to want to help you even more. So we're going to approach this as if you were a podcast interviewer, something that I've done a time or two that I, uh, I know a little bit about. And I'm going to talk about my process for podcast interviews because I think it's almost exactly the same thing if you're going to do this kind of outreach conversation. I don't prepare. I don't have questions. I don't have a list. I'm not doing an interview. What I don't want you to do is talk to this person and say, hi, it's so nice to meet you. So question number one, I noticed that uh, on your IMDb Pro resume, you transitioned from here to here in 2008. And I'm wondering, what was the what was the thing you did to get your foot in the door? Whoa, hold on a second. Like, is this the media calling me? What's going on? So I want you to think about this, number one, just as a friendly conversation. You're just going to come at this person as if we are already friends. That's the tone that you're going to use. And I want you to think about what's the theme? What is the takeaway of this conversation? And for me, I will start uh, an interview knowing that at the end of it, this is what I want my audience to walk away with. That helps the conversation not meander. So here's the theme of it. Here's really the, the topic of conversation. But outside of that, I don't have prepared questions. Even when I'm talking with a big name author, somebody that sold millions of books and they've done a hundred other podcast interviews, I don't have questions for them. I just write a bunch of notes with either a story that they told or some statistic that I want to highlight and I don't want to forget the number or whatever it is. But I'm just thinking, what's the theme? So for everybody here, I'm assuming, I'm hoping has at least been through module two of the program. James Clear would be the perfect example. James Clear has done a hundred podcasts talking about his book, Atomic Habits. But most people go through and say, well, in chapter one, you discuss the following concept. Tell me more, right? They're just insufferably difficult to listen to these interviews. I just talked to him like he was my buddy and we were drinking a beer. Let's talk about habits. I had a whole bunch of notes and ideas, but I just knew the theme was I want somebody listening that knows nothing about habits to say, wow, I didn't realize how much of my behavior is habitual. And here's just kind of the basics of how it works and a couple of simple steps that I can take to get started. So in this case, 
Instead of thinking, how can I best prepare? What are all the questions that I need to ask? I need to have five of them ready to go because I don't, I don't want it to sound like I'm unprepared with only two questions. What's the most important takeaway for you? What do you really want to know? Not the question you want to ask. What do you want to know? Why are you having this conversation? I feel like I just want to know more about the experience in making a transition to like a high level facility. I, there's so many questions or things that I just don't know or don't have the clarity about. And that's, I feel like if I, any sort of information that can help better prepare me or explain sort of like real world experience rather than, you know, you get technical stuff, there's, you know, how to be a good assistant or how to stand out. But I just don't know what it's like in a real situation. All right. So this is a good place to start, but I don't think that's your theme or your takeaway. I think that's one of the topics of conversation, how to make the transition, how to best prepare. I think the takeaway of this conversation is really deep down, is working at a big facility the right fit for me? Yeah. Does, does that change the conversation for you? It, it does. And that was actually the end tag of my follow-up question to her of like, would this be, I just want to know, would making that transition be the right fit for me or is it something that I don't want? So what you can do is you can help frame this. Just like I would with a podcast interview, what I will often do, people don't even realize that I'm doing it, but I'm telling them what the whole thing is about in the very beginning. So James, really glad to have you here today. I feel like a lot of people don't really understand how important the habits and behaviors that we have are and how much they drive us unconsciously. So I just I want to talk about how our habits work and really kind of dive into the basics so when somebody walks away, they have at least a few action steps to get started to either establish some very small but simple new positive habits or start eliminating bad ones. So now my first question is, see what I did where I laid the foundation? So you're like, oh, this is what I'm going to get out of it. So what you can do is you can start your conversation, not like right off the bat, but as you're kind of leaning into it after there's a little bit of chit chat at the opening. Well, the, the real reason I wanted to have this conversation is I've been a, an editor, done some online editing, done a bunch of offline editing, really love color. But I, I am not 100% confident yet that working at a large facility is right for me. So I guess what I'm wondering to start with is this. So you've set the tone. This is what I'm hoping to get out of the conversation to help guide her answers, to help you answer the overarching question or takeaway. But there are a bunch of questions that are going to help you get to that point. Then it just becomes a free-flowing conversation. And if you do this well enough, you shouldn't have to talk at all. Because remember, what's one of the best ways to provide value? Listening to her talk about herself. Let people talk about themselves. So if you can formulate this in such a way that they're open-ended enough questions that she just, you, it's like you just pull the string. Pull the string on the back and just, you know, she, she just starts going off. But giving her the foundation. It's like, hey, what's up? So you like working at the color facility. What do you think of e-film? Oh, yeah, I love e-film. And, you know, they gave me a nice parking space and they have a, you know, they have a great cafeteria. And you're like, none of this is helping me. That's your fault for asking a bad question and not setting the foundation. So start with the end. The end result is working at a big facility the right fit for me. And here are some questions and topics of conversation to help break that down, to help me better understand that. And then you just talk. Just talk about yourself and your experiences. People love to do that. Makes sense. I made an entire living out of it. Hundreds and hundreds of hours. 
My sincerest apologies for the interruption in the middle of this interview, but if you are a content creator or you work in the entertainment industry, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life because collaborating with Evercast is that powerful. Here's a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Evercast co-founders, Brad Thomas and award-winning editor, Roger Barton. Living this lifestyle of a feature film editor has really had an impact on me. So I was really looking for something to push back against all of these lifestyle infringements that are imposed on us, both by schedules and expectations. When you guys demoed Evercast for me that first time, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, oh my God, this is what I have been waiting for for a decade. I also had the same reaction when I first saw Evercast. Two words came to mind, game changer. Our goal, honestly, is to become the Zoom for creatives, whatever it is you're streaming, whether it's editorial, visual effects, pro tools for music composition, live shot cameras. It's consistent audio and video, lip sync always stays in sync. Whether you're in a live session where you're getting that feedback immediately, or you can't get it immediately, so you record the session and you can share those clips with people on the production team where there's no room for any confusion. It's like, this is exactly what the director wants. This is exactly what the producer wants. What matters most to me is it makes the entire process more efficient, which then translates to us as creatives who spend way too much time in front of computers. We get to shut it down and we get to go spend time with our friends and family. The biggest complaint, and I'm sure you guys have heard this many, many times, this looks amazing, I just can't afford it. Tesla had to release the Model S before they released the Model 3. So by the end of the year, we are going to be releasing a sub $200 version a month of Evercast for the freelancer and indie creatives. Anyone who is a professional video creator outside of Hollywood. I think what we've learned over the last few months is that this technology can translate to better lives for all of us that give us more flexibility and control while still maintaining the creativity, the creative momentum, and the quality of work. I cannot stress this enough. Evercast is changing the way that we collaborate. If you value your craft, your well-being, and spending quality time with the ones you love, Evercast now makes that possible for you and me. To listen to the full interview and learn about the amazing potential that Evercast has to change the way that you work and live, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Evercast. Now back to today's interview. I do have another question. As someone that's a really hardcore introvert, how do you do it every week or all the time without thinking too much about it? How do I do what specifically? How do you just go into like a podcast or a situation not having a game plan and like just being able to function and talk to someone without being anxious or afraid about it? Is it just you do it enough that it becomes habitual? Yeah, I mean, but part of it is just repetition, doing it over and over and over. When I first started, I had a prepared list of questions, and I listened to those interviews, and I cringe. They're awful. They just have no flow. And I'm like, that was amazing. But what I really wanted to talk about was this. Like, you can just hear me, you know, using the, the brakes sound effect right there. Like, just totally killing the flow. But it took time to get there. I don't know exactly how many I've done, but it's, like, probably 250 interviews at this point. I get to the point where if I know who the guest is and the interview is at 1 p.m., I basically jump on in 12.59 and I just talk. If it's a really big name author, of course I'm going to read their book and I'm going to know their materials. Um, But other than that, I don't feel the need to prep. But that's because I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing it for six years. And I've been doing these kinds of conversations like you're having for almost 20 years. So it's it's not like I would expect you to be doing it at the same level. But this is the general structure. So what I would do, because you're still new to it, 
is I would just think about what are some general topics of conversation that are going to help me understand, is this ultimately a good fit for me or not? So what are some some ways to break it down? And I know that these wouldn't necessarily be in the list, but for me, it's like, well, if, if I know that I want to work at a job or not, what's the commute? Do I have windows? Like the, these are some of my lifestyle needs that I have if I'm going to choose a job. And for you, it's about cultural fit. And it's about, do I feel like I'm going to fit in with it just because the, you know, the, the, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, demographic breakdown is not necessarily going to be in your favor to you know, put it in a politically correct manner. Yeah. Those are all the things you're concerned about. So you don't want to know, do I really need to know DaVinci Resolve or Baselight or this or that? You want to know, will this meet my lifestyle needs and will this be a good fit? So how do we break that down into categories? Not necessarily word for word, here's the question. What are the categories that are important to you? Uh, I mean, I think along the the idea of the demographic, it's sort of like, does a company have a sort of environment where they give me a sense of belonging? Do Am I just, you know, one part of the machine or are they invested in their employees in helping them, you know, cultivate a career? And then I just also just the idea of mentorship as a, you know, someone in the chair of color assistant, is there like a mentorship with the colorist? Are you just there to like do the renders and that's it? And they don't want to talk to you because I know some colorists that go out of their way to mentor their assistants and help them move up. And some colorists that have said like that sort of world is gone and it doesn't happen anymore. I want to know, like, I don't want to be at a place, like, I want to work at a high-level facility because I want to gain that knowledge and just how to handle certain situations or challenges. And if I'm not going to learn that, then I feel like I won't be getting what I want out of the, the job. That, to me, is a very, very clear question and point of conversation. That isn't so much, is the world of working at big facilities right for me or not? That's going to be more specific to the people that are actually at, she said she was at eFilm? Yeah. Because I feel like this is this could go either way at any facility, at any job. It's exactly the same thing in the, the scripted world. The way that the scripted world is structured nowadays because of technology you can be an assistant editor for 25 years and never actually work with an editor other than doing their exports, doing their renders, doing their sound, whatever. Like you're a technician that's doing a to-do list for them, but there's no collaboration or mentorship. That happens on an individual level. So if somebody said to me, hey, if is working on Cobra Kai the kind of environment where there can be a mentor-mentee relationship, I would say it all depends on the editor that you're working with. Like that's always an environment that I foster. But there are other editors that I know, not on Cobra Kai, but other editors that I've worked with, where there's just a concrete wall between editor and assistant. You're just an extra set of hands and you do the work for me. I'm going to cut my scenes. Don't ask me how I cut my scenes. You're not going to sit on the couch behind me. Don't bother me. I've got enough to do. Just go be my assistant. I've seen that mentality. But that's not associated with a certain show or a certain company. But what you can find out is do you feel like an e-film – it's more of a collaborative mentor-mentee relationship, or is it just a factory? If I'm going to come in as a colorist assistant, is there room to learn and grow, or do you feel that that culture is such that I just go in, I press my buttons, and I go home? But that's not going to necessarily answer the question for you, which is the bigger one, which is, is working at a large facility the right fit for me? 
because it's more specific to e-film, but it's still a really important conversation to have. And the reason being that if you find someone similar to this woman that you're going to talk to that works at Technicolor and you have the same conversation, maybe they both say the exact same thing and you realize, oh, this is kind of culturally across all facilities versus, oh, e-film doesn't collaborate with people at all. And Technicolor is amazing with collaboration. So now you understand it's more about the company culture than a big facility versus boutique facility. Gotcha. Right, so you're not going to have this conversation once. I'm hoping you can have this with multiple people to get get a, a stronger data set around what's going to be a good fit for you. Yeah, yeah. I guess be more specific. I feel like I was just being too general because I didn't want to single out e-film and figure out like, okay, what what are the pros and cons? What do you love about it? What do you hate mm-hmm. about it? And that probably is more helpful because it'd give me a better idea of what that place is like and whether I'd like working for for them. Exactly. So I wouldn't, uh, I w- if you were to say, do you feel that in the, the coloring industry that at big facilities, there's more or less collaboration? I don't know. I only work at one. I, I can't answer that question. Always ask questions that they can answer and they can answer well. Otherwise, you're going to get generic answers and you're going to say, well, that didn't really help me. And nine times out of 10, bad answers come from bad questions. One time out of 10, it's just because people gave you a really crappy answer. But usually it's because you didn't ask a good enough question. So even though for you, you're trying to figure out, is working at a big facility the right fit? Just ask her about her experience at eFilm and then talk to somebody at Technicolor or I don't even know names of other. All the facilities have closed now. Every name that I mentioned, you'd be like, that's out of business. That's out of business. Like I'd sound like a dinosaur if I named the facilities that I know. So, but that, that's where I would start. It's about e-film, breaking it down into to those specific component parts. So does that give you enough to go on to have enough confidence? And again, this is something I know we've talked about ad nauseum. This call doesn't need to be perfect. This call needs to be good enough. Do you feel like you have enough information to have a good enough conversation to extract the information that you require? I do. I do. Cool. I, well, I, then. The level of confidence I was at was here. Now I'm you know, about here. <laughs> okay, good. That, that's what I like to see. So please follow up. I would oh. just add, Ariel, I mm-hmm. would also just add, like, like, it sounds like you have a really good idea of what you want to get out of the conversation. And now that we've kind of talked these things tr- through, it's probably a little clearer. I would also add, like, because I know for me, I get nervous in these conversations too. Like, just take your time and don't get caught up in your head about it. Like, if you find yourself, like, getting really nervous beforehand, and like, I don't know if you have notes or something, like sometimes there's a point where you can be overprepared and you get caught up yeah. in your head and you're like, and, you, and then you forget everything you're going to say. Like, just take a step back, relax, and just like, don't worry. Like, trust that you've done the preparation and then relax and don't worry about, oh no, am I asking the right questions? Like, just let the conversation flow. And if if you have any kind of like relaxation practice or anything or meditation beforehand, I always find that really helpful. So I'm not just like playing the conversation over and over because I find that I get stuck because then suddenly if I screw up and I didn't say exactly what I planned, I think, oh, my God, now it's over. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So just to sort of relax and kind of almost like let it go out of your head. And just trust that it's gonna it's gonna come when you're when you're on the conversation and let it let it roll and don't don't keep thinking about if you asked all the right things. Gotcha. That totally helps because yeah, you've described me in a lot of conversations. 
<laughs> but yeah, I think maybe it'll just help to just maybe write one or two word just points that I want to yeah. hit instead of writing, you know, a two sentence question that I'm not going to be able to read. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Don't write a script, just kind of write a note and trust it. It'll be there when you need it. Gotcha. Thank you so much, Debbie. Yes. Mm-hmm. As always, Debbie is the, is the perfect compliment where I missed her strategies, tactics, next steps, do this, do that, get organized. And she's like, just take a breath. Just take a breath, Ariel. You're, you're going to be good. You're going to be okay. She's much better at that than I am. So I appreciate that addition. Thank you. Before closing up today's show, I would love to ask for just a couple additional minutes of your time and attention to introduce you to one of my new favorite products created by my good friend Kit Perkins, who you may recognize as creator of the Topomat. Here is a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Ergo-Driven co-founder and CEO Kit Perkins talking about his latest product, New Standard Whole Protein. I've been to health and fitness generally, but I want it to be simple and straightforward. About a year, year and a half ago, I started adding collagen into my protein shakes. And man, the benefits were like more dramatic than any supplement I've ever seen. So I thought if I can just get this down to coming out of one jar and it's ingredients that I know I can trust and you just put it in water and you don't have to think about it. When people think of protein powders, they think, well, I don't want to get big and bulky. And that's not what this is about. To me, this is about repair. So a big part of what we're talking about here is you are what you eat. Your body's constantly repairing and rebuilding and the only stuff it can use to repair and rebuild is what you've been eating unfortunately as the years have gone by every day getting out of bed it's like you know two or three creaks and pops in the first couple steps and that i thought you just sort of live with now but yeah once starting the collagen daily or near daily it's just gone so for us job 1a here was make sure it's high quality and that's grass-fed 100 pasture-raised cows and then the second thing if you're actually going to do it every day it needs to be simple it needs to taste good well My goal is that for anybody that is a creative professional like myself that's stuck in front of a computer, number one, they're doing it standing on a topo mat. Number two, they've got a glass of new standard protein next to them so they can just fuel their body, fuel their brain. So uh, you and I, my friend, one edit station at a time are going to change the world. And even better for your listeners with code OPTIMIZE on either a one-time purchase or that first subscribe and save order, 50% off. So if you do that subscribe and save, that's 20% off and 50% off with code OPTIMIZE. That's a fantastic deal. If you're looking for a simple and affordable way to stay energetic, focused, and alleviate the chronic aches and pains that come from living at your computer, I recommend New Standard Whole Protein because it's sourced from high quality ingredients that I trust and it tastes great. To place your first order, visit optimizeyourself.me slash newstandard and use the code OPTIMIZE for 50% off your first order. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Hot Seat Fridays. If you find this new format valuable, please reach out and let us know. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash contact to leave your honest feedback. And if after listening, you are wishing that you could schedule your own hot seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers, where you are going to find all of the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together. And as a quick reminder to subscribe so you don't miss future interviews just like this one, please visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast. And a special thanks to our sponsors Evercast and ErgoDriven for making today's interview possible. To learn more about how to collaborate remotely without missing a frame and to get your real-time demo of Evercast in action, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Evercast. 
and to learn more about ErgoDriven and their brand new product that I am super excited about, New Standard Whole Protein, visit optimizeyourself.me slash newstandard. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, healthy, and sane, and be well.